What's up, everybody? I'm Josh So Focused. I'm French the Bro host, and we would like to welcome you to the next the next the next take podcast. The next take podcast. The next take podcast. The next take podcast. This is episode 35. And if you didn't know, we're a weekly podcast where we cover the most intriguing Knicks news of the week. And if you want to find us on our socials, you could check us out first on Twitter at the Knicks Take. Then go to YouTube and search Knicks Take Videos. Then you can follow us on Instagram at Knicks. That's the first time we messed that up. You. If you rather <laughs> follow on Instagram, you can find us at The Knicks Take. And you can also find us on Facebook at Knicks Take Media. Now let's get to it. French, how was your week, mm -hmm. bro? It was based around work once again and home cleanliness <laughs> trying to be cleaner around the house and find a hobby on the side because okay. work is getting to be too much i need something else to cheer me up on the side okay okay nah. what about you how your week been so week's been all right i've been staying home recuperating with with the broken hand and i also got a chance to test out my camera that has live stream capabilities and for those of you that are subscribed to the youtube you may have been able to check out our first ever live stream it was also a test a recap of the clippers game so that was there was that and yeah that's pretty much the week i didn't not really much happened that i can think of other than an embarrassing week for the Knicks as well. Another one of those, you know what I'm saying? Another one of those. <laughs> and on the last episode of the Knicks Take Podcast, we covered the Knicks' losses to the Timberwolves as well as the Pelicans. And we also questioned, well, I questioned, whether Kemba is messing with the performance on the court. The Knicks came into, that, into those two games playing really well before well and I, I guess the game before the timberwolves game they lost but before that they had won three out of four games or three out of five games and they came into these games and just didn't play well so i was wondering with the return of kemba if that had something to do with it french you wondered out loud for everyone to hear whether he maybe looking into trading julius randall yeah and it's about that time. <laughs> we're going to talk about that, that later. And we did not discuss after that Pelicans loss. Julius Randle was not available to speak with the media. And I didn't even read that. You know, that that kind of stuff. I don't really pay attention to French. Did you even really notice that until like maybe one of the games they brought it up? Why he did. Did you notice well, notice that? At the time? When they broke that news, they said that he hadn't been speaking to media for weeks. So I'm like, it didn't make a difference to me. I, well, I didn't really care to hear Julius Randle speak after these games, after the performances that he's been having. But the media feels like that's a big deal. So 
That's I guess that's what they want to uh, chat about. I, I'd rather focus on why he's moping around the court, <laughs> swinging his arms, ain't playing with no effort. But that's just me. Yeah, well, the Knicks were fined $25,000 as a result of not making Julius Randle available. Later on, when Julius Randle was asked, he's just like, uh, I love James Dolan. They just didn't make me available, which you could speculate on that as much as you want. If you remember early in the season, he was saying something to the early in the season. This was just a few weeks ago when he was telling the, the fans to shut the F up. Yes. I'm I'm assuming since that moment, Dolan, the coaching staff, they just said, hey, we'll pay the fine. If you don't feel like talking to the media, just don't go. And he's took he's taking them up on that offer. And, and they're paying the fine and, and we're seeing the results of that <laughs> to this day. And if you know anything about Mr. Dolan, he's not really fond of media. So, yeah, I, nothing in there shocks me, but this is the type of thing where you're the Knicks. This is not really the type of representation that you want to have, especially when you're losing games. They're winning games. No one cares, but we're losing games. And we go into the Los Angeles Clippers game. Clippers played without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, who've been out for a while. Like, as I said earlier, I did do a recap of this game. If you want to go further into depth as to what happened in this game, I suggest you go to the YouTube, subscribe to the Knicks Take videos on YouTube. And you'll be able to find that live stream where I, me and my two beautiful children are recapping the next game for your pleasure in depth. But the key things to note, really good game from the Knicks. All, all of the starters played particularly well. Tough game, even without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Both, team, both teams shot the ball incredibly well in the first half, but the Knicks were just flat out the better team. R.J. Barrett was the player of the night. He had 28 points, 14 rebounds, and 6 assists. Julius Randle also had a good game. 24 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists. The only thing that I would have to complain about, Julius Randle had 7 turnovers on the night. And while watching the game, I could say I would say in my head, yeah, Julius, when he does the good things that he's doing in this game, 100%, I'd love to have him on this team. But the fact that he is supposed to be our number one option and then you have the bad things that he shows on the court, for instance, these seven turnovers, it's just inexcusable. And there's a bunch of other things that we'll, that we'll get into probably throughout this episode from where Julius Randle just... <sighs> I got a lot to say about Jules. Mitch had 8-8 eight and eight before suffering a sprained ankle early in the third. Overall, this was a good all-around game that the Knicks won because their best players played the way that they were supposed to. Knicks win 110, Los Angeles Clippers 102. French, you got any thoughts on this game that you, know, you want to go into? Well, about? watching this game, um, to start off, Julius Randle wasn't really having the best night at all. RJ was really carrying the team, and I, I can't remember if it was the second quarter or after halftime where they was basically trying to get him involved, and that's what got him up to having a good game, 24, 9, mm -hmm. and 4. So 
it was that's a very what slow frustrates start. me. Yeah, it's like the team, his teammates had to get him going in order for him to have a good game. And it seems like unless that happens, he's just going to continue moping and just running up and down the court, playing with little to no effort. And I, I, I was happy to get this win. This was more of a RJ Barrett game for me. Mitch suffering the sprained ankle made it kind of like a a frustrating win because it's just like we have no idea how long he's going to be out now. And it sounds like an episode from earlier in the season where I'm like, the team just rarely has, has been fully healthy. Yes. For a stretch of games to even be able to fairly criticize them to a degree. Mm-hmm. And it's just tough to, to continuously watch this team try to take one step forward and then take another step back at the same time. Because without Mitch having to rely on Nerland's health, that's also shaky. something that isn't, it's shaky. You can't really confidently say we're going to have solid center play all season long, regardless if Mitch is healthy or not. And neither center has been on the court for the same game. Like, <laughs> out of all the games so far, can we even count on one hand if that's been the case? Because I don't remember. I remember one game where we played to, where they played together and then Nerlens was out right after that. So I, 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 it was just frustrating to see Mitch go down. That That, that kind of brings up a point in my head. How do, do you really like care about Nerlens at this point? Like he, he could stay, he could go at this point to you, right? Or how do you feel like how does you how do you feel that Nerlens Noel his impact on this team? He got that contract in the offseason. How do you feel about his contributions to the court this year? Or do you feel like Mitch Robinson has essentially outplayed him all year and he he makes him very expendable? Both. I, I think Nerlens is definitely expendable because of the contract. But at the same time, he hasn't been healthy enough to even show that he can still be the capable player that he was last year. Mm-hmm. And it seems like he's added a few things to his game, like hook shots and the mid-range jump shot. He looked like he'd been shooting threes in practice. So I really just want to see Nerlens healthy before I can even give that type of answer. Because if, if Nerlens is healthy... He could be the same center that he was last year where he took the, the the starting center spot for the entire season and we was the fourth seed with a large part to do with his defense. So if we're able to get the Nerlens from last year to come off the bench with a healthy Mitch, I think that's a recipe for success, but we've rarely seen it so far this season. So that's why the team has looked the way that it's looked so far. We've had unsteady center play, unsteady point guard play mm-hmm. the point guard rotation both our point guards have been injured the entire season it's just it's just hard to win when your two most important positions are where you're struggling to get consistency from the most yeah i think i i, I think i've said that multiple times this season that we haven't seen this team the way that we envisioned it in the off season with 48 minutes of good point guard play and 48 minutes of good center play we haven't seen that at all with the injuries to Derrick Rose, injuries to Kemba Walker, Mitchell Robinson, and Nerlens Noel. Actually, out of the four of them, 
Mitchell Robinson has been the healthiest player yeah, and has been on the court longer than any of them, which is a surprising thing considering his his, his NBA career. But um, and last season he didn't he played like what twenty games? No, he played. He, he was injured the whole season. He played more than that, but yes, he missed a lot of games. But I, um, speaking of Kemba Walker, oh, you was gonna say something? No, I was about to ask you if you had anything left to say on the uh, Clippers game. No, I'm ready to jump right into Cleveland where Kemba Walker who we just spoke on is back in the starting lineup. No Mitch due to the sprained ankle, but Nerlens mm -hmm. Noel ended up starting this game, played pretty well, had 13 rebounds, two steals. Quentin Grimes, Quentin Grimes, <laughs> Quentin Grimes is a sniper. He hit four clutch threes, giving him 12 points, played gritty, gritty tough defense as usual, solidified his rotation spot in my eyes by becoming the team's best 3 and D player. And... We're going to speak on it a little bit later, but he's been opening eyes around the league. Tibbs says that he loves Quentin Grimes. It's like we got the trade. We traded for Cam Reddish, and we know Cam Reddish is eventually going to take someone's spot in this rotation. You ask anybody who pays attention to the NBA, pays attention to the Knicks, Quentin Grimes' spot is solidified. It's not moving. You're not going to budge him off that spot because he's earned it. Rookie. Just showing like that he's the best shooter on his team. He's better at shooter than quickly. It's not even close. He's the one of the best defenders on his team. Most he's definitely the most consistent defender on his team. And I'm just looking forward to seeing his development and seeing his growth in in the, in the coming years. So you're gonna see a lot of Quentin Grimes shout outs from me moving forward. The next free throw shooting, however, is what cost us this game. Mm -hmm. We went 11 for 21 from the free throw line and shooting a collective 52.4%. 11 missed free throws. Disgusting. And, and we, we lost by two shit. points. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Not, not Final thoughts about. has been <laughs> Kemba Walker <laughs> hasn't really shown the ability to be consistent enough to be the starting point guard of this team, for, to me personally. Due okay. to, just due to the ability that he's not able to stay healthy. And... This has affected the team's chemistry throughout the season so far. It makes it harder to win when we have no no stable point guard play. So what was your thoughts on this game? The Knicks lost this game 95-93. You said it yourself. We missed 11 free throws. We lost by two points. And I was never, like at a certain point, I was not confident that we were going to win this game. Like we were going to do anything. That third quarter, we were outscored by the Cavs, 19 to 26. It was a pretty close game. Like it was a pretty even game between the two teams up until that third quarter. And starters, I mean, that's, that's who you blame it on. Every time we see that the Knicks are losing in the third quarter, you have to look at the starters. Yes, Kemba Walker is part of that problem because he's not been consistent enough. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll also say, though, at the end of the game, Kemba Walker was not in it. And I just re I read something earlier today on The Athletic where they were talking about the pace of the Knicks, how the pace that they play, and how they execute their offense. And... They highlighted one of the last plays in the game where Julius Randle was bringing the ball up, jog, jogged the ball up, Knicks were down two or down however many points. And essentially, 
played with no sense of urgency. And by the time that the offense got a shot off, there was probably three seconds left in the shot clock. When you are trying to get a quality shot, you have to try and catch the opposing team off guard or force some sort of mismatch. And this is that that exact thing with Julius Randle having the ball in his hands and bringing the ball up and not starting a play until about 12 seconds are left in the shot clock. And then you have to do. That's the type of thing that we've seen all year and we watch it and we're like, yo, just give up the ball. Give up the ball. Mm -hmm. Let somebody else initiate the offense much faster and better than you so that you can get a good shot, so that you can have that advantage, so that you can do what you do best. And this team just doesn't do that. It seems to be because we're trying to cater to our star player as opposed to doing what's in the best interest of the team. At this point, I, in the Clippers game, R.J. Barrett had the team high in points. In this game, R.J. Barrett had the team high in points, 24 points in this game. I, I just want to see R.J. Barrett be that initiator. Every time he gets the ball, he's trying to push the ball up the court to try and get that mismatch. And if he can't, then he pulls it back out. And we have a much better offensive position possession than when Julius Randle is doing what he does. I really don't want to see Julius Randle bring the ball up the court. And that is your, your point about Kemba. I'm not disagreeing with you. I, th I think that that is true. He hasn't shown that ability to be consistent, but this Julius Randle thing, we got to do something about it as well. We need to try to get him possessions with the ball in his hand than what we've been doing consistently throughout the season. I, I, I think to coincide, if you had a stable point guard who was able to set the tone of the offense and set the offense up, you ain't going to have Julius Randle bringing the ball up and trying to take the, the the control of the offense but but that's why that's why what? Kemba Walker is supposed to be here and that's that's part of the problem but mm -hmm. even when Kemba Walker's not on the floor I'd rather RJ Barrett at this point especially with how well he's been playing over the past month I do believe he has been the Knicks leading scorer over the past month he's led the team in scoring more games than not so the need for Julius Randle to bring the ball up is not necessary. You, Evan Fournier can do it as well. That's why we brought Evan Fournier in to have more guys who can do, can have the, the control over, you know, bringing the basketball up and running the offense so that Julius doesn't have to do it all the time. I also forgot to shout out Obi Toppin, who had a nice little game today. I mean, against the Cavs, where he knocked down three or four threes. Three or four after... Shooting what 15, 16% from three all season. That's surprising. So that was encouraging. That was encouraging to see he finished the game with 13.6 rebounds. Had he played the most consistent minutes out of all the Knicks so far in this game. Quentin Grimes also went four for six from three, scoring four, I mean, 12 points. Mm -hmm. Steady off the bench, them two combined for 25 points and quickly struggled for the from the uh, field tonight. But he had, he did finish with six assists. I almost feel more comfortable with quickly starting over Kemba Walker, especially with Derek, Derek Rose being out right now because Kemba just doesn't seem to be reliable enough to be a starter right now. I would much rather see him come off the bench, kill second unit de defenses, and go off for like 20 points a game off the bench. I think he could play the Lou Williams role on this team. It's just Tibbs, I, I don't know why he sees something in the starting five that he feels like they should stick together, but 
this just wasn't a game where they seemed comfortable to take a win on the road. And I don't know why, because earlier in the season, they were a better road team than the home team. I understand the Cleveland Cavaliers are a really good team, but they were injured this game. They didn't have the Twin Towers like I thought they would have. Jared Allen was out. Only center they had was Evan Mobley and Ed Davis. They ain't have a backup center coming off the bench. Like, I'm thinking that this is a game we, we should dominate the boards and get a bunch of putbacks. Just beat them with just Nick basketball. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, I didn't think it would require much effort to shut down Dean Wade, Isaac Okoro, who's not a big scorer. He averaged like five points a game. Evan Mobley only finished the game with 15 points and 12 rebounds, but late in the game, he took control and he's a rookie. <laughs> like the rookies taking over the game and making the defensive stops, getting the, the clutch rebounds, knocking, knocking down free throws in the clutch. It's like, bro, this is what we expected from the guy we just paid a six-figure salary to over multiple years, gave an extension to. Like, bro. You got to give Kevin Love his On the time. road? You got to give Kevin, Kevin Love Kevin Love was wide open. Kevin like, this is a former All-Star. I, I, I'm giving him his flowers. He, uh, he played scored, defense. He scored the most points on, on the Cavs, and he grabbed 11 rebounds, which if Mitchell Robinson was there, we did say Nerlens Noel played well, but that you can say Kevin Love doesn't do what he does if, if Mitch is there, at least not to the degree that he does it. He is a former All-Star, but Nerlens was getting bullied by Kevin Love and the Knicks. Kevin Love is a former all-star, former NBA champion. Yes, 100%. member of the big three. I'm not giving him flowers for scoring 20 points for being wide open all game because Julius Randle didn't know how to close out. Kevin Love also, uh, well, (laughs) let's talk about that also, but Kevin Love is also coming off of the bench behind Evan Mobley and and Jared Allen. So He's he's happy with that. He's obviously not the same player that he used to be, but in this game he was. So let's you know, let's not <laughs> let's not try and be like, oh yeah, he's for he's supposed to do that. No, he's 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 washed compared to what he points, was in his prime. Twenty points. Carmelo scores twenty points. Are we giving him flowers for doing that? Absolutely. I love no. Melo. Melo's my guy. Twenty point. He's a scorer. That's what he's. But he's a shooter. A big man who can shoot, and nobody closed out on him the whole game. So. Give him his flowers for hitting the shot, but also we got to talk about why he got the shot and who's failing to close out, who's not being cognizant of who you got to stick, who you got to stay on. So who are we blaming on that? Who are we blaming that on? Everybody who guarded him, everybody who couldn't switch, rotate. Mostly from what I saw, it was Julius Randle whenever Kevin Love was in the game late in the third and fourth quarter. Mitch couldn't get out and stop him. I mean, not Mitch. Noel couldn't go out and stop him. They was trying to, uh, like, what I'm just trying to say is he's a <laughs> former all-star and he's always been an efficient shooter. This is the most efficient shooting season of Kevin Love's career, even though he's coming off the bench. Tibbs, I know he drilled it into their head. Scouting report, Kevin Love, he's a shooter. He's not going to take you to the basket. He's not going to put you in the post. This isn't Minnesota Kevin Love. He's going to pick and pop. Set a pick, 
rotate over, get open, shoot the three. I don't understand why they let him go off for 20, but that, whatever. <laughs> We're going to get into that later on in this episode because the defense from the Knicks did improve over this little stretch. But the IQ, the defensive IQ on this team, I feel like that just needs to be solved because the it's just not there amongst the players that we have. Anything else we want to touch on with this game? The last thing I want to say, I, I just kind of want to shoot back on the Quentin Grimes is a better shooter than Quickly. I don't know uh, if we can say that yet. First of all, Quentin Grimes it. has had some stretches where he couldn't hit anything, and he's had some stretches where he hit, and same thing with Quickly. And Quickly's range is a lot deeper than Quentin Grimes. So I don't I don't know if I can say Quentin Grimes is a better shooter than Quickly. Especially Yeah. I can't I don't think I could say that. Quentin Grimes set the rookie record for threes for the Knicks. One hundred percent. Twenty games into the season. Like True. <laughs> True. Quickly, did hit seven threes until his second season. But Quentin Grimes' role is he hasn't stayed as efficient as Quentin Grimes. When he, Quentin Grimes shoots, you're surprised when it doesn't hit nothing but net. Yes, but I've also seen him shoot a bunch of threes where it was like, oh, I did not expect him to miss that badly. So, yeah. but the same thing with Quickly. I, I don't, I need to see Quentin Grimes next season and quickly next season before I say one is 100% a better shooter than the other. I want to see what Quentin Grimes is going to be like in year four. Assuming that they're both still here. They're going, they're going, they're going to be here. (laughs) If they not here, this front office just don't know what's going on. They don't, they're not in tune. You drafted some players that you don't believe in. If you do not re-sign Quentin Grimes, Emmanuel quickly, Obi Toppin, Deuce McBride, Okay, you gotta maybe Jericho Sims. You gotta give you gotta give up somebody that you like. You can't keep everybody that you like, bro. But we're gonna talk about that later. So, but yeah, I don't know if Quentin Grimes is a better shooter than Emmanuel quickly, but I love the fact that both of them are on this team, and I love the fact that they both play defense, and I love the fact that they both still bring different things to this Knicks team. They're not redundant players. They're not guys who, okay, you have either have to have one or the other. They can play together. They don't have to play together. They bring different things. I, I love it. Quentin Grimes is a wing. Quickly is a guard. He can play point or he can play shooting guard. It, it's 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 great. So, I yeah, that was the only thing I kind of wanted to just shoot back on. Quickly's had some rough stretches this year, but I still think he's he can be considered the best shooter on this team on any given night. Second best, but it's cool. Picture this lineup. <laughs> Manual Quickly. Quentin Grimes, Cam, no, 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 RJ, Cam Reddish, center of your choice. Obi Toppin? <laughs> That's going to be a lineup right there. When they get a little rhythm, when once they get a, a nice little chemistry amongst they the bench unit, I would be very happy to see that moving forward, but. We could go on into the next game before because we we happy right now. When we talk about this next game, it's gonna be doom and gloom again. That, <laughs> I think that's that was just nasty. But go ahead. I I just think that the Knicks' future is bright, but just because the future is bright doesn't mean that it's gonna stay. It's gonna look the same next season. 
Next game, Knicks played the Miami Heat on Wednesday, January 26th. And boy, oh boy. I told you. Told you. Boy, oh boy. So, the Knicks, I felt like, came out. They didn't come out, like, with no energy. They came out like, yeah, this is a game. This is an NBA game. We're playing against an NBA team. But they didn't come out like they were playing the best team in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> and they never took the lead in this game. They never tied this game. They were never in this game. <laughs> I'm not going to say candy, man. <laughs> this was always going to be a tough game. But we had, Knicks had lots of tough games last season, and they hung in there. They weren't getting blown out left and right. And, yeah, I, he couldn't miss. The Heat couldn't miss from three. Everybody was knocking down. Well, almost everybody was knocking down with threes. Four Heat players scored at least 20 points, including one Tyler Hero, who has been compared and contrasted with on R.J. Barrett on this team. Tyler Hero Ooh, returned wow. to the Heat's rotation and dropped 21 points. Starters once again played poorly, with the exception of of one R.J. Barreto. Mr. R.J. Uh, scored 17 points in 24 minutes, 6 for 11 six from the field. 11. Great percentage, above 50% from the field, 3 for 5 from 3. Free throw shooting, still, you know, questionable. He just 2 for 4 from the free throw line. Three rebounds, two assists, one steal. He had the worst plus minus on out of the starting lineup, but I just feel like it's because of who he was playing with. Everybody in the starting lineup had a negative plus minus. Julius Randle was negative 34. Kemba Walker, negative 30. Evan Fournier, negative 27. Mitchell Robinson, negative 18. Like, <laughs> take out three out of those four players and let RJ, Mitchell Robinson play with some of those bench guys a little bit more. I think you have. I think we see a different game. I don't understand. <sighs> yeah, I just don't understand. I don't understand the trust that some of these guys have. I don't understand the trust Julius Randle receives. I don't understand why. This is a lot I don't understand. This is nightmares. I just don't understand. I know that your veteran <laughs> players are the guys that you're supposed to lean on and trust, but when they're playing the way that they've played all season, you got to do something different. And yeah, the front office needs to do something more more than anything else. Final was 110-96 in a game that was never really close. Obi Toppin had the team high in points. He, he scored 18 points in 21 minutes, seven for nine from the field, two for three from three. It looks like that three-point shot is back, French. When, but, 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 Miami? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> nightmares. I'm trying to tell you, they give me nightmares. Obi, I was very encouraged with Obi did this game, but there was... Very little to no faith that this game was going to ever come in our outcome. RJ scored efficiently, but because of who he's running with, 
in the starting five is just only but so much you can do. He went three for five from three. <laughs> shot the shots he was supposed to shoot. Tried to match up against Jimmy Butler and slow him down, but Jimmy Butler's an all-star, superstar player. Only missed one shot, and that was a three. He went, he had 22 points, six rebounds, five assists. This, like, the Miami Heat are primed to be back in the finals. I don't think that them going to the finals in the um, bubble was a fluke. I've always had fear in my heart for the Miami Heat. I always feel like we're going to be down 30. So watching this game, it was just like, all right, did we get to see some Cam Reddish minutes, which we did at the end. He uh, <laughs> ended up scoring like a calm six points, but. Not, not, it's, it's not 100% efficient, but. Yeah. It was, it was cool. And on ESPN, Jeff Van Gundy was calling the game and he was letting the Knicks have it. He called the Knicks starters out saying they had, they, they need to learn something from the players on the bench because they play with the intensity and toughness that you should be playing with. <laughs> <laughs> he let, called let out Julius Randle. Yeah, he hold, he pulled no punches. You, Jeff Van Gundy, he was he was he was letting the starters have it the whole night. But he he said his favorite player was Deuce McBride. Tibbs' favorite player on the team is Deuce McBride. I mean, not Deuce McBride. I'm sorry, Quentin Grimes. Quentin Grimes. Quentin Grimes. Jeff Van Gundy's a big fan of Quentin Grimes. So, like that that was the only takeaway I got from this game. I I knew there was gonna be no realization that comes from the end of this game because we're just outmatched with this team. But to see our young guys still be able to perform and not overcome to the pressure or succumb to the pressure, it was good to see that. So I I think we ended I up, think this was the game yeah. where I tweeted at you. It had to have been this game. I tweeted, I'm done with Julius. I'm pretty sure yeah. I'm pretty sure I tweeted that. I'm done with Julius. This was a game where I was just watching him the way he was playing. And I was just like, I don't I've got nothing left. I I I will always hope that we got the Julius that we got last season. But it it's clear to me more than halfway through this season that Julius lucked his way into being a player that he isn't last year. That's not to say he's a bad player, but I thought that he he's was gonna I thought he that. was gonna give consistent effort, not night in and night out, because it's very hard to do that when you're running the offense and you're the leader of the team and you're the all star like it's hard to do that. But it's just you your consistency in all areas of the court is just not great. Not it's not it's not great. You, I think he needs to be somewhere where the eyes are not all on him. I don't know where that's going to be, but I think he needs to be somewhere. And, Why did he want to come to New York if that's what's going to bother him? I don't know. I don't even that's, know. I don't. It doesn't make sense. I don't even care if it bothers him. It's just about taking it in and turning it into motivation for you to do what you need to do on the court. And... Julius Randle reportedly had a Knicks fan ejected in the game who had been heckling him in Miami. And I could understand that, like, 
who so who what player just did, I think Devin Booker did something like that with the, the mascot had the mascot get get the mascot off the court or whatever and then he ended up like winning the game for like okay if you if you playing that well yeah I don't care you get get fans ejected do whatever you, go antics yell thumbs down whatever you want to do but if you playing like crap the best way to get back at those people is to play good and not let them get in your head and it seems like he's letting everybody get in his head including himself and that was the biggest problem in the playoffs and it seems to be a continuing attribute in this season which means somebody either tibbs or leon rose needs to take this problem off of julius randall's hands he says he wants to still be on this team i don't i don't see how that's going to be in anybody's best interest Another thing. You know what's crazy? What's up? I don't mean to cut you off, but we could have a winning team with Julius Randle here. We just don't need him being the number one option. We could. And if he can willingly take a back seat and just be aggressive in the positions where he can thrive the most and not do too much, there's a recipe for success there. That's right. I don't understand why. It's so hard for this team to, because they have the talent on the team in order to do that. There is a recipe. You have, there is a recipe for success there, but I think that Julius thrives on scoring the way that we see him score most nights, and he and when he thrives on that, and he his shot goes in, then he plays better. When he plays better, the team plays better, and that's it's a one track mind for Julius. I don't think Julius can get into his rhythm playing the way that we want him to play. Or he doesn't believe that he can get into rhythm playing the way that we want him to play. So he doesn't because he doesn't think that that's the best way for the team to win. With that being said, he's he's got to do something different. He's got to go into this offseason because I don't think he's going to be able to fix that in season. He's got to go into the offseason and he's got to do a complete reset He's got to do something completely different. He's got to come into next year with a completely different mind frame than what he came into with this season. I, I didn't know if you had something else to say in regards to Julius French, but I, yeah, I'm pretty yeah. much done with that. I, I, the only thing is just like, I, I know he has the talent to be a great player. He has the tools to be a great player. He's a, one of the strongest players in the NBA. He could bump anybody out of his way and score in the lane. And it's like, I want him gone because he doesn't utilize all the tools and his talent to be that kind of player. And I feel like as soon as we trade him, now we got... <laughs> A, a a a free 50 point special waiting for us every time he comes to town <laughs> and i can just see it happening because he's such a young player this happens if we send him off to philly if we send him off to atlanta if we send him off to sacramento he just figures out how to be a good player because the spotlight isn't on him and he's just doing what it takes to be a great basketball player a great teammate and that's what scares me about that but it's just I'm not scared of it. I don't want to hold on to him just because of that. We need the right return for him. I'm, I'm not going to give him away for Harrison Barnes. Right. And 
whatever other throwing young players they're going to have to throw in. I want somebody who's going to make a difference. I want a Ben Simmons caliber kind of player, if we can get that. If you, I want a combination of young players that can provide something that this team needs to form an identity, to, to, to be a, an elite defensive team. Mm -hmm. We need character players. You get what I'm saying? Like, we need guys who can play well, Jalen Brunson kind of players who can set the, 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 the tone on offense, calm the team down whenever we struggle and be able to get a bucket whenever we struggle and be able to get the right guys into the game anytime needed. We need somebody to be able to do that, and we just don't have that guy on the roster yet. Or if you do give him up for a, a less than desirable package, it's because you gave away some of your youth to pick up a guy who can be that lead guy but he doesn't me he doesn't mesh with Julius Randle, so now you replenish what you lost by get giving up Julius Randle, and then you try again with this with this new with this new guy. Hopefully, with R.J. Barrett playing next to him. Yeah, if we're gonna be trading guys away, I want Julius Randle to be the last one that gets traded. Well, we'll talk about that pretty quickly. The last thing I want to say about this Miami Heat game, it's it's a thought that I've been consistently having over the last few weeks. I don't understand why the Knicks don't prioritize Mitch more often than not. It just seems like Mitch sets the pick and they never look to get him the ball when he's rolling to the rim. And he's our most efficient player in the paint. So it seems to me like IQ. Right. Uh, it seems to me like when he's with the start, that starting unit, RJ could be getting him the ball more. Julius could be getting him the ball more. Like, these are guys that he sets the pick for as my son walks into this room. It seems like, it seems like these guys, like, it, maybe it's part of the set sets that Tibbs runs. I don't understand, but it seems like he sets the pick and then he's usually open running towards the rim and he has enough athleticism that he'll either get fouled or he's going to score. And they never get him the ball in that, in, that, in that moment. They do a pass to somebody else on the three-point line and then they have to get Mitch and then he can't because the defense is already rotated by that point. So I think this team, when, especially when they're struggling to find an open shot, when they're bricking threes, when they don't have anything going, just run that pick and roll play and try to get Mitch running to the roll into the basket because that he's I feel like he's shown that he's actually a pretty decent passer when you give him the opportunity. I think that will open up a lot for you if you try to get Mitch more involved in the offense. He's already getting close to being a double double machine at this point over the last few weeks. Reward the guy and, and see if that's going to make your offense better. That that that's no that's one thing that I noted in this in this Miami game that I think that they could have utilized Mitch. You know, I, I don't see I don't I can't think of anybody on the Miami Heat that could really stop Mitch if they're trying to get him going in the paint with lobs and and, and layups. They could have utilized that a little bit more, but instead they just kept doing the same thing that didn't work. Same thing, every single game, every possession. It's like, it's not working. You have to do something new that's going to be easy. That, that's my last thing. So let's move on. 
Well, after this game <laughs> in Miami, the Knicks went fresh off of ass whooping to go get another batch of ass whooping from the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> and Giannis entered the Kumpo. You heard how I said his name? He yeah. just overpowered the Knicks all night, mm -hmm. dominating every matchup that the Knicks had to offer. The Knicks were trying to play him very physical, and that only seemed to piss him off as he went for 38 points and 13 rebounds. Julius Randle, another night scoring under double digits. He struggled another night, but he did have 11 points and played solid defense throughout times through the night, but he only had nine points to end the night. Grimes, Burks, and Obi were the only bench standouts from this game, combining for 16 points, mostly from Grimes in the first half. Mitch played 25 minutes, going three for three from the field, grabbed six rebounds. He did mostly struggle with while guarding Giannis. I remember earlier in the season, Noel had done a pretty good job on Giannis in the win that we got. It was in Milwaukee, right? When we were... Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a pretty convincing win. Yeah, every and, before this game, yeah. every team that played at home lost up until this game. And to correct something, it slipped a little bit. You said Randall scored nine points and then he scored 11 points. He had 11 rebounds. Rebounds, sorry. And he scored nine points. And RJ finished the night with 23 points, but he also struggled shooting the ball efficiently, going six for 20 from the field, three for eight from three. But the one bright spot also was that he shot eight for 10 from the free throw line, which is encouraging since the team has been struggling so mightily at the free throw line lately. Knicks get blown out 123-108. Team desperately needs a spark plug, a steady leader, and that player is just not on the roster. I think it's time to make a trade. What was your thoughts when you finished watching this game last night at 1 o'clock in the morning? <laughs> I'm still tired of Randall. Yeah. He played 36 minutes mm -hmm. to score nine points. Yep. He didn't put up a lot of shots. He only put up nine. Don't really know. He seems lost out there. It seems like he wants to be lost out there. He seems lost out there. I don't think he wants to be lost out there. I disagree with you there. But he seems lost out there. He doesn't seem, if he's not the main focal point of the offense, it doesn't seem like he knows how to contribute. Which is not true, obviously, because he did grab 11 rebounds. He still had three assists, but he also had four turnovers. There were so many times last night where I was just like, give up the ball, give up the ball, give up the ball. And he wouldn't, and he would either throw up a bad shot, which he would miss, you know, or he would pass the ball to somebody, turn it over, or... He would pass the ball to somebody too late when he had a better pass for somebody else before he wanted to try and dribble dribble the air out the ball. And it's not like he can't do... It's not like he can't do what we're asking him to do. Because what we're asking him to do, we've seen him do. We've seen him do it for a full game. Make quick decisions. Make the right pass. Don't dribble the air out the ball and turn it over off your leg or off the off the other team's leg or whatever. Just don't hold the ball for so long. You know, that's not what we're asking you to do. Keep the ball moving. And he does it seems like when he 
there are some games where he doesn't want to do that, but he also wants the team to win, and but he knows that he can't hold the ball too long, so he doesn't know what to do. And let... This game against Milwaukee was that game. He tried to take go one-on-one. It didn't work. His defense... You said he had a solid defensive night. I feel like I missed it. I would say it's a mixed bag. I think his one-on-one defense is always good. But I felt like there were a lot of miscues, a lot of times where I found myself saying, who's Julius supposed to be guarding? And before the Bucks scored. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I never really had faith in this game, but I, I'm a Knicks fan. I still wanted to see them win. I still wanted to see them keep it close. And for a lot of this game, they did keep it particularly close. They didn't let it go completely out of hand. They even cut it down to, what, two points in the fourth quarter or in the third quarter? Third quarter. In the third quarter. In the second half, they cut it down to two points. I think even in the beginning of the fourth, they, 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 it was still in single digits. And at some point, at a certain point, the Bucks just kept hitting shots and it, got a, it, it was too much. This wasn't a terrible game, but Something, something's broken. Something, something needs to get fixed. And it was clear to me that it wasn't fixed last night. There's just, it just, just, just a little tweaks, little tweaks that need to be done. And I don't know how they're going to do it. We have the worst starting five in the NBA. Statistically. And I think that calls for some type of movement to come. So if you don't have anything else to say about the the Bucks game. I would like to jump straight into the next segment where we talk about Knicks rumors. Let's get to it. Brian Windhorse from the ESPN reported that the Knicks have shown a a willingness to trade some of their veteran veteran players. I can't read. I don't know what's going on. Including Alec Burks, Kemba Walker, and Evan Fournier in order to clear a rotation spot for their young stars. This would mean more minutes for Deuce McBride, and we finally get to see some consistent playing time for Cam Reddish. Mm-hmm. Ian Begley of SNY reported that the Knicks are getting an abundance of trade calls on Emmanuel Quickly, Quentin Grimes, and Obi Toppin, but the Knicks have been unwilling to include them into any trades. And he also reports that Julius Randle could be available for the right return at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. We should pause for a second and just reflect on those two things right there. Mm. Well, more than two. That's a lot right there. That's a lot of information I just left. There's not, I don't, I don't really, there's not really much for me to reflect on. I, I'm, it's just further proof that this front office is a good one. There's no such thing as a perfect front office. Sometimes front office swings and misses and it ends up in a season like the one we're having this year. And there was not one trade, signing, anything, draft, draft choice. And there's nothing that the Knicks front office did this year that I felt was questionable. I think I did question the Nerlens Noel signing. And you could say that I'm right or wrong about that, but I'll give I'll give it the season. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take my victory lap on the Nerlens Noel signing. But outside of that, I wasn't mad at anything that the Knicks did. 
and everything that they're everything that's being reported now is what I would expect. I would expect for them to clear rotation spot. Well, no, actually, I will question that one. You said that they're showing a willingness to trade some of their veteran players, including Alec Burks, Kemba Walker, and Evan Fournier to clear a spot for their young stars. I don't think that I don't think that that's the reason why any of those players will get traded. I I think that they're going to get traded to consolidate to bring in somebody good. It's not it they're not going to trade one of those or all of those guys to clear a rotation to clear a rotation spot for all of their young stars, I think that one or two, maybe. I don't think both Deuce and Kim are going to get consistent minutes. I think it's going to be one or the other. And it's going to be dependent on who's traded and who we get back. But I, I don't think that we're going to trade veterans for nothing so that those guys could get minutes. I think that when it, I've listened to other podcasts, I've listened to a bunch of information the fact that the Knicks have so much talent in the rotation and out of the rotation, it's for something. It's for a reason. It's it's not like, oh, we got all these guys and we don't know what to do with them. They're 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 trying to get as much guys on this team to take a big swing at somebody. And if you take a big swing at somebody, somebody's not gonna get minutes still. You know what I mean? So that that's the, that's the thing that I want to say. I, I I do think that this front office does want to trade those guys, but I don't think it's solely for this reason of clearing a rotation spot for the young stars. I think that right. I think that will be a side effect of the trade, if anything else. Well, I, what I was saying, uh, it's not to trade for nothing. I, you right. you would just package some of these players for one significant player and probably take on other players just to make salary, not salaries match, but to make a roster spots match and then just wave them. And then they don't need to make that's how the minutes would be allocated toward the younger players. You get one guy. Mm -hmm. I like, I would want to Ben Simmons. Maybe other guys would get thrown in. We waved them. And now we got minutes with Cam Reddish because Fournier and Burks is gone. Right. And I feel like that's, the path that they trying to go down, not trade these guys away for second round picks. I don't like your example, but yes, that is essentially what we are essentially saying. Well, that's just the one I could think of. De'Aaron Fox, <laughs> trade for De'Aaron Fox. They throw in some other guys, Marvin Bagley or something like that. They get waived and we just center the team around De'Aaron Fox, RJ Barrett. Obi Toppin, and then we have the bench coming in with Cam Reddish and Deuce. I, I, I feel like that's possible, but I, I, I would. I'm surprised that that was the one that you wanted to tackle because the Julius Randle one is the one that is like, no. I feel like that's kind of crazy. I, I thought that was wishful thinking on our part as Knicks fans because of what we're seeing, but I don't halfway through the season of a, a contract extension just being agreed on. And then you, now you're admitting that all the signings that you had over the summer, Kemba, Evan Fournier, Julius, you're willing to trade them all now. It, you're admitting that you, what you did with No, I don't think that's what it is. I think, that, I think that's part of it. But it wouldn't be so surprising if 
Julius Randle hasn't been behaving the way that he's been play, behaving off the court. He hasn't been like public enemy number one or anything like that, but you have to you have to consider what that looks like. Your star player is actively engaging in a feud with fans of the team. And you, we, we could be defensive of Julius Randle. I, I don't think that Nick, that some Knicks fans have, I, I don't think that all Knicks fans have been perfect or have said the right things. There's been a lot of nasty, wishful thinking on Twitter and, and everywhere else. And there's, you know, people were grateful that he caught COVID and all that. And it's like, yeah, that's disgusting. But when you're a star player, you're only able to do the things that Julius Randle has done when you are a superstar or you respond with superstar you know activity and he hasn't he's not a superstar and he has not performed like a superstar on the court in the midst of all of this if he was doing the thumbs down cursing selling people shut the fuck up and all this stuff and then he came back and he played better he played like he was last season when he was scoring 30 and dropping triple doubles this wouldn't be a topic but right. it's the fact that he's melting down on and off the court where it's like, hey, if the right deal comes along, I wouldn't mind getting it. If you, if you, if you give me a star player, I will, we'll be, we'll be, we'll listen for Julius Randle. We'll listen. And that's not, that's not surprising to me because of what's, what we've seen. It's not, it's not, it's not enough that the performance on the court is bad. It's the performance off the court is just why are you even doing this? You know why you're receiving the the stuff that you're receiving. Criticism. Yeah, the criticism. There's a reason why. So now it's up to you to shut him up by playing well. And he's not doing that. And, and even if even with that, if you were playing well and did the stuff that you did, not a problem. But that's not what's happening. So, yeah, you can be traded too. Some more news. CP from Knicks Fan TV, who's been a reliable source for having some in information on the Knicks, says that five to eight teams are interested in trading for Julius Randle, including the Sacramento Kings. I ain't mad at seeing the Aaron Fox <laughs> on the Knicks. I ain't gonna lie to you. I'd trade him straight up. Like, the Aaron Fox is a point guard, attack, drive first, all the things that Tibbs like. He struggles on defense, but that's what I believe does. he has all the tools. He, I think he has all the tools to be a good defender in the Tibbs defensive scheme. So mm -hmm. I'm willing to, to, to pull a trick on a trade like that. Sacramento has uh, an abundance of point guards. They just drafted Tyrese Halliburton and Davion Mitchell. So that would make De'Aaron Fox pretty much expendable because they believe in the young talent. And those two young guys are actually really good point guards. So... It's understandable why they would want to move on from Fox. They haven't made the playoffs since 2006, so they got to shake something up. And Julius Randle, I can see why he would be attractive to them because they've been living with Marvin Bagley, and he's not the same kind of player and who provides the same kind of tough, well, not toughness, but physicality that Julius Randle has, a double-team threat that teams are going to have to deal with every night. And I think with a combination of skilled point guard play with 
a bulldozer like player in the in the in the front court that could provide some matchup nightmares in the Western Conference, seeing as the West Conference is like the new Eastern Conference that they're they they're like the weaker pool talent wise amongst their teams. So I could see them making that type of trade. I would love to wake up to that to that trade tomorrow, but we just have to see it first. Another rumor is that the Knicks have been rumored to be a potential landing spot for Donovan Mitchell if the Jazz exit the playoffs in the first round, according to Rick Buecher of Fox Sports. And Rick Buecher is always giving these big headlines. And I don't I don't remember seeing one that was accurate, but <laughs> we can still touch on this one because Donovan Mitchell, it does make sense. His father works for the Mets. He's from New York. He doesn't hide the fact that he loves New York. He loves the Knicks. Utah is a pretty racist town, racist city from just the perception throughout the years. It might not be that way, but no that's offense, how it Utah. appears for the most part. Yeah, no offense. It might not. It might be a really nice place, but <laughs> to people that ain't from Utah, that's how we view y'all. Sorry. And for him to be that level of a star player where he's going 50 for 50 with J- Jamal Murray in the bubble, like, you you want to see talent like that in a, in a city where the lights are going to be on you 24-7, where your talents are going to go recognized instead of people making fun of you because you're on the Utah Jazz. And you remember LeBron and them when he was doing the all-star selections, like nobody really plays with the Utah Jazz. Nobody want to pick nobody. They, they they got picked last in the, in the all-star draft. So I don't think Donovan Mitchell likes that. He's shown that he wants to be a D-Wade kind of player on and off the court. And I feel like New York is the city, the team that you would want to be a part of when you have that level of talent, especially when you're from New York. It just makes sense. I know we have a thing for bringing New York players back, and if they don't, <laughs> you see Kemba Walker, he came back here, a New York kid from the Bronx, and now we're talking about shipping him out of here to Sacramento. So who knows? But Donovan Mitchell is a is a stud player. He's he's not Don, he's not a Kemba Walker. He's in his prime. He's a young stud, and if there's even remotely a chance that he's interested in the Knicks, and we have the opportunity to get him, I think we should definitely bite the. I mean, shoot a bullet trigger on that type of trade. I'm gonna mix this in with my. Topic of the week. My topic of the week was going to be, if you had any choice of Knicks player to be traded, who would you choose? But I'm going to do a more general version of that, talking about Donovan Mitchell and De'Aaron Fox. Well, no, first I'm going to say, specifically, I would trade Julius Randle for either one of those guys straight up and do what we're doing now just with those guys being the offensive initiator instead of Julius Randle. And without thinking twice. <laughs> well, let's not disrespect the man. He, Sorry. But but we just need guard play bad. That's, that's I, I would do that. Is. I would do that. I would have I would even, like, I still believe in Kemba Walker here. I'm wearing Kemba's jersey right now, actually. 
I still believe Kemba Walker could work here. The only problem is that Tibbs needs to get over, <laughs> as French puts up the Kemba Walker jersey as well. Tibbs needs to get over this Kemba Walker needs to start situation. If the Knicks could somehow pull off multiple trades this season or in this offseason, getting rid of Julius Randle and bringing two or three superstar players. Donovan Mitchell is a superstar player. If you could bring in somebody else with Donovan Mitchell, you might have to give up some of our favorite players that are the youth players. Not Deuce. I, well, Not Grimes. Well, you might have to. Give up Jericho. Yeah. Jericho's not going to get it done. Not not for not for that. not for two not to get Donovan Mitchell and somebody. Oh, else. I wasn't saying. I was talking about one or the other. Right, but if, but in that situation, if you do that, I would be fine with keeping Kemba Walker as our third string point guard for if Derrick Rose gets hurt, right? And then you have two New York point guards in in the ro in the rotation. But I'm just saying, in that in that situation, you have hopefully still have R.J. Barrett. I don't think, I think R.J. Barrett, he continues to play the way, even though he's still not consistent, he's playing much better now than he was before. If you keep R.J. Barrett, you have a Donovan Mitchell and you have one more, one more superstar player and then you keep Quentin Grimes. You keep, you got to choose between Mitchell Robinson and Obi Toppin. I think one of them would have to go. But if you keep those guys, you keep Derrick Rose, you keep Alec Burks, you keep Kemba Walker. That's a rotation I think that you can live with. It Maybe it's not going to get you to the finals, but it's, that's going to be dependent on who that other superstar player is. If you have that other superstar player, Donovan Mitchell, RJ Barrett makes that, continues to make that jump and you have that bench, I, I, that's, that's, that's a top team in my opinion. And you would, but you would have to give up quickly. You would have to give up uh, Deuce, or you would have to give up one of these other guys that you don't want to give up. So, but yes, the answer to my question: If you had any choice of Knicks player to be traded, I would choose Julius Randle. <laughs> I think that more than anybody else, he is part of the problem. Last year it was Alfred Payton. We got rid of Alfred Payton, and right now, if you look at on the court, when you got rid of Kemba Walker, it didn't change anything. When you put Kemba Walker in, you didn't change anything. Evan Fournier has played well enough in certain games to win the game by himself. Julius Randle has not shown to be the player that we gave that that we wanted to play this year, where he was doing triple doubles and scoring thirty points. He hasn't come anywhere close to that being that player this year. Luckily, he isn't being played. He is, um, excuse me, he hasn't pay, been paid. He hasn't been paid the worth of what he played last year. But I, I he's not being a helpful play, rotation player on this team, and he's supposed to be our leader. So he would be the guy that I choose out of anybody else. I would keep everybody else first when I when I have that option. 
not because of the talent level. I think Julius Randle is the best player on this team. But when it comes to the team, I right now he's the worst fit. Completely agree. So you is that your your player, your Knicks player to be traded out of everybody, or is there somebody? Just not. The only thing I that I would specify is that I would want him traded last. I would want to see what other pieces we can get well, my from qu- the surrounding veterans on the team before we trade a Julius Randle. Well, my question I feel is, like he's the most valuable player to trade. Well, right now. My question is. Out of everybody on this team, if you say, yo, you trade one player on this team to make this team play better, who are you trading? Don't worry about contracts. Don't worry about anything. Just based on how they're playing and the and the effect that they have on this team, who would you get rid of? For Like, who was your first choice in terms of wanting to get rid of them? Random. Okay. And that, and that obviously, I agree with you. Like, he can't be the first guy to be traded with his contract, with what he did last season, with the accolades that he's like, it's not, it's not realistic. It's not, it's not something that we should expect, but it's getting harder and harder to defend anything from Julius Randle. Even when he has a good game, it's you, you're just looking forward to the next bad one. And I know that sounds kind of gloomy, but that's that's what it is. Like the, he has he has eroded all trust that he has earned from last year, all trust. So uh, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about, French. I I don't have anything to add. You, <laughs> you summed it up pretty perfectly, <laughs> Julius. I, I I'm just hopeful that it's tough because I'm I'm stuck between wanting to see a trade happen at the trade deadline that changes the course of this team, changes the direction of this season. But at the same time, I want to have the best package available when we do make a trade. And I feel like that comes in the off season during draft night or something like that. Mm. I feel like we can get a, a pretty big package for a Julius Randle on a draft night. And if he could just pick up his play and have a redemption story for this season too, and then get traded in the off season, that would be the, the ideal scenario for me. And we just get rid of uh, the other veteran players at the trade deadline for some young talent, like, and some draft picks, maybe, we trade off Kemba, Fournier, Burks, along with some draft picks and get some young talent back like uh, Jeremy Grant or something. I don't know. I'm, I'm just throwing names out there. But draft night is where I feel like you can make a, a huge trade that you wouldn't be able to right now. Well, so, since we brought up draft night and... You know, we're kind of starting to get into that little gloomy, doom and gloom kind of. Like, what's going on <laughs> in the NCAA? Let's never check the draft. Is there anybody, how many that, picks behind are we from the number one? Is there anybody in this draft that we really want? Or I'll tell you who I'd like. Ty Ty, what's his name from Kentucky? Had a career high, 16 assists 
Who else? Who else? JJ. I, I got to start doing some more research. I, it's I've getting been, to that time. It's getting to that time because we've been. March Madness is right around the corner. Stray. <laughs> we've been led astray so far this season. So I'm going to start doing my drafts, brushing up just so I could get prepared. But Ty Ty, he's, he's looking at it. I'm wondering if maybe with all of the talent that this Knicks team has and the aspirations that this front office has, if we do start to tank, maybe we tank to try to get the value of our pickup for a trade. Because from everything that I'm hearing, this draft class is not that great. This is a very weak draft class. And Outside of the top five, six. Right. And if you think that you can get a player who doesn't want to be on their team anymore and you have one of those top five, six picks, it's infinitely easier to do that you know, than to give up one of those protected first-round picks like we just did with Cam Reddish and get somebody of that same caliber player. Yeah. So that's that's one way to look at this also. If the Knicks continue to lose, at least the value of their pick is increased. And now the asking price as far as other players to get a player who doesn't even want to play for that team, it's not as significantly high. You You don't have to give up. You don't have to give up everybody just to get that player. All right. I think I think I'm done with my topic. Do you have anything you wanted to talk about, or you want to go right into predictions? Right into the predictions, because you predicted that Knicks would go one and three in this stretch. I predicted that we'd be going two and two. We lost by two points in Cleveland. I feel like I, you know what I'm saying? But no. it's cool. You won. Yeah. So well, you get nothing. to choose who goes first. You lost. <laughs> you lost. And I'll tell you what, when we were playing Cleveland close, I was like, oh, man, are we really about to just get two wins right off the bat? Mm-hmm. And then, not that I was upset about it. I It was a win-win for me. The Knicks win and go 500 this week. I'd have been happy. They didn't. I'm not as happy, but I correctly predicted we'd go one and three so the knicks will play in this sacramento yes they will play sacramento january 31st on monday after that they'll play memphis wednesday february 2nd Mm -hmm. and that's dag that's it yep that's it until saturday we'll be recording before the lakers game on saturday at 8 30 so we only got two games this week y'all which I guess is going to be good for us because I... We're going to get smacked in both of them games and we're not going to really be, you know what I'm saying? Nah, I'm I'm going to... I'm going to have more faith in my team. Okay. You think they're going to take Memphis? I don't know which game they're going to take, but they're going to take one of them. Oh, I'm bugging. Sacramento? Yeah, we're taking Sacramento. They're going to take one we, of them. We better take Sacramento. We're going to take Next one game. of them. Grizzlies, it's... Callado, quiet. It's quiet. I mean, do you really trust this team to be like, oh yeah, we're definitely gonna take, like Sacramento, uh, eighteen thirty-two. What's your what's your what's your point? <laughs> Who on Sacramento should we be? We've also of? Lost, lost to the Orlando Magic twice this year. Orlando has young talent mm-hmm. that's scrappy, plays together. Mm-hmm. They had two New York-born players, born and raised, came to the Garden and lit us up. We also just lost to the New Orleans Pelicans. 
who are 18 and 30. They also had a New York born and raised <laughs> guy who came out. I don't remember his name, but he came out and let us up. We're going to be in Sacramento. Uh-huh. Julius Randle's probably going to be spending the rest of his career there. So he might be like, like you yeah, know, let me see how, how these rims is working. He might have a nice little big game. Bagley, he don't look like he's ready to, to guard anyone. Barnes is the only threat, I feel like, outside of uh, the young talent and Davion Mitchell and Halliburton and Fox. If Fox even plays, Buddy Hill can erupt off the bench, but out of all the games Sacramento's played the Knicks, I don't really remember Buddy Hill going too crazy, so I'm not really concerned about him. He may be the one Nick that goes, I mean, the one guy that goes crazy. What would really piss me off, would really piss me off, is if Maurice Harkless decides, oh, y'all traded me, so I'm going to have a breakout game and drop 30 on y'all, and we lose. So, barring that happening, mm-hmm. the Knicks should definitely win. And that's what I'm going with. So, I'm going with the Knicks going one and one. What about you? I already said what I was. <laughs> and, I, and, you can't, oh, you and you can't match me. You either have to go 2-0 and oh or 0-2. Oh <laughs> hey, I'm not going 2-0. Oh. <laughs> so, I guess I'm going 0-2. Oh <laughs> they going 0-2. Oh I'm sorry. Yeah, well, yeah. I hope you're wrong. Memphis. I, I hope I'm. I hope we're both wrong. Actually, I hope we both we go two and zero. Oh. And Memphis um, is 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 in a t- different type of groove right now. I'm not prepared to say, oh, the Knicks. I'm a Knicks fan, but I ain't stupid. I ain't going to bet against the, the the Memphis Grizzlies right now when they scorching how like how they are. John Moran looking like an MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. Oh and two. It's always it's, it's always fun. It's always fun to see Ja and RJ go at it though. Who I will say oh and two. I I will I will <laughs> <laughs> I will say that. French, you got anything you want to plug? Nah, I'm gonna skip the TV movie recommendations this week just because I haven't really watched anything this week. But next week, gotcha. Yeah, I. What have I watched? Book of Boba Fett. I I. And what, five episodes in? Still don't know whether I would recommend it to anybody, which is not a good sign. Yeah. We just saw Spider-Man. Did you see it yet? I ain't seen, Nope. Okay. I'm not going to no movies until they have subtitles. Sorry. I'll wait for it I to forgot go to, HBO or something. I, for, I forgot to, to look that up for you also. Yeah. I'll probably do that after the pod. But um, check it out. I, I would. Matrix was trash. I'm sorry. I got to <laughs> say it again. The Matrix was dirt. It was better than The Matrix. I don't know if you if that's saying much to you. It was definitely better than The Spider-Man? Matrix. Spider-Man? Yeah. Definitely better than Spider-Man Matrix. was fire. I'm not really worried about Spider-Man. There are I'm worried about Scream. There are if you if you take the second to question things, there are plot holes, but it was enjoyable. So if you don't care about such things, then you'll like it. If, yeah, just watch DC if you don't want to see no plot holes. If plot holes is your thing, then, yeah, don't watch it. It'll ruin the movie for you because it's there are obvious plot holes in it. But overall, it was a fun movie. It was a good movie. It was emotional. I liked it. So I'll go see it soon. Yeah, we'll we'll discuss Spider-Man. It'll probably be in on, on with subtitles true. next month or the month after. Pray so. It's pray so. There's also some movies in in the trailers that I was like, oh, I would go see that. I, I would go see that too. Oh, I would go see that too. So I would suggest you go in time for the trailers, French, when you go to see. Oh, actually, you're not going to the movies. 
Well, once you send the location to the closed caption films, <laughs> I'll go tune in. All right. Outside of that, all right, that's it. We appreciate y'all. We love y'all 100%. Thank you once again for listening to If. You know what? This drop has been messing up. Let's see if it does it now. Thank you for listening to The Knicks Take Podcast. The Knicks Take the Knicks Take the Knicks Take Podcast. Peace out, y'all. That intro music was Broadway Boo by Gotti B, formerly known as Bugatti Blade. You can find us on Twitter at The Knicks Take. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Thank you for listening.